need this morning I'll ask that you just want to be remembered and you want to slip up your hand God sees your hand but more than that he's still the high priest that is touched by the feeling of our infirmities amen let's just look to him this morning Heavenly Father we stand here this morning this resurrection morning with the sun shining and Lord it can be nice outwardly but Lord there can be uh, we know there's a great turmoil in the land we know that Lord sometimes we encounter those times as well and we still live here but Lord you're our Heavenly Father you're the one that cares for us you're the great high priest Lord, you're still the intercessor, the mediator. You're still the one, O oh Lord, that stands for us. And this morning we're asking as we utter our prayers and we bring our hearts and our burdens and we lift ourselves up before you. O oh Lord, would you look down upon us. As a father that pitieth his children, so you look down on us. The scripture would declare in Psalms 103, you know our frame, you remember that we're dust. But Lord, there's the outward and we don't want to make excuses, but Lord, there's also something inside, a little seed that you deposited. And Lord, it's stretching out its arms of faith to you this morning and saying, oh God, feed us with the bread of life. Lord, give us the things that we have need of this day. Lord, you alone can feed your sheep, O oh Lord. 
It's not within man, Lord. We're depending on you. We may have gifts, Lord, but those gifts are of you, O Lord, and they're for your people. And therefore, we ask that you'd feed your people this morning. Bless everyone, O Lord, that would be listening in. Those that aren't this morning, you know where they are. I pray that your blessing would be upon each one. Lord, open not only our natural ears, but Lord, open our spiritual ears that we may hear and that we may also see and know you in a better way. We commit this service in your hands and ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you to the musicians. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 11. This is scripture we've read for several services. And likely it's um, one I may, I'll come to again. And we probably really haven't come to the heart of it, but I, by maybe by the grace of God, I'm trying to approach this from different angles as we look to it, as we look to the time we're in, as we look to what we're living out. And I, I believe this is pertinent to what we're living out. So we'll read Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, now just look at the process here, what things soever you desire, that's not just a natural desire, but that's a desire as a result of a new birth, as a result of a love relationship with God, as a result of not loving this world or the present things of this world, but loving our future home, the God that we're going to meet, and being in love with Him. We don't just speak for ourselves, but we speak for the desire that He's given us. So whatever you desire when you pray, now, it means that we need to bring this before him. It's not just a thought, but it's a prayer. It's an entering into. It's a bringing. And then, after prayer, it's believe that you receive them. Believing after we pray. We, we've committed it to him. We've laid it before him. We can't explain it. We don't see it. And the last part is, and you shall have them. Over in Romans chapter 10... We read this last week. We'll just read this again. And this is Paul just speaking uh, regarding that similar process. And he says, verse 8, Now what saith it? The word is nigh thee. It is even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, we don't confess what we see of ourselves or what we know of ourselves, but greater than all is the blood. And if we confess through the blood, he doesn't see all our mistakes. He just hears our voice through the blood. Oh, that's powerful. And he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus 
and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Now, not just him, but us also. And raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So what's in our heart is confessed in prayer. It's confessed in our words. It's, it's confessed in our thoughts and what we surround ourselves with. And it's beginning to manifest. And the first word of confession is praying unto him, asking for him, having a hope. But there's more manifestation to come. God bless his word. You may have your seats this morning. I'm really still in the messages uh, or the message perfect faith this morning. I'm also drawing from the message why cry, speak. So I, I I would like to just use those as a little bit of a springboard and, and these two messages as we, we bring them together this morning. I, I would like you, and you know what, I believe it's, sometimes it's a good thing to absorb ourselves in these messages. I, I listen to them, then I go and I put on the tape and I go for a walk and I listen to them. And, and I believe sometimes there's more than just what our eyes see or what our ears hear, but there's something that God is trying to tell us. And I believe these messages that were laid up back then were not just for 1963, but they were for a people that would need to pick them up, and what God had deposited at that time would need to be picked up at a future time. Not just then, but over the years, and I believe we're still coming to that. And I believe that we're, it's important to see that the message is moving. It's important to not view the message as something static, do's and don'ts, and, and it's, it's important not to have faith as just something, uh, 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 you know, I've got the faith of God, but it's moving. And, and, and one of the quotes I, I really need to share this morning, and it's out of the message, Perfect Faith, and, and Brother Branham would, sh- would share this, and I think it's important, and, and as he says it, and, and he speaks it, and he, and he talks about it, and he, and he says this now in, 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 a, in a, and I thought I had it in front of me, and I, I'm not having it here all of a sudden. Um, a believer is the faith of God that moves in you, is really the one that I wanted. Okay, here it is, yeah. So he says, a believer, and when the word of God comes in you, it's made manifest as you are a believer, and a believer is the faith of God that moves in you. And sometimes it's not something you can explain or you understand, but you know it's real. It's God moving you even beyond your senses, beyond your complexes, beyond what you can reason out. And it's more real than those other dimensions. And, and I believe we need to trust in that more and more as the days come. 
So Brother Branham would talk about that, and he says, that, that's what it is. A believer is the faith of God that moves in you. He would also now say, the only thing you have to do then is have faith in what you are. Have faith in what the Word says you are. Now, if, if I'm going to give a title to the message this morning, I'm, I'm really bringing through together the thought of what we see and what we look at and our position. And I want to call this positioned through the eyes of faith. Okay? Positioned through the eyes of faith. And faith is a revelation from God. And the position that God gave you before the foundation of the world is not something any man can give you. It's what God gave you. And he's trying to bring you to that place. In fact, Brother Branham would speak in the adoption series. He said, now Jesus never died that you might receive something, but he died that you might come to the knowledge of what God gave you before the foundation of the world. That is your inheritance. So we're moving continually into that. I, I trust that you don't view our services as just static. You know, we... We punch in, we, we sit down, we hear a couple songs. Yeah, there's a certain element of form, but there's something greater that's moving. Something that, that, that's beyond what our natural eyes see. I, I, was, I was talking to Brother Ray Erickson here the other day, and, and we were talking, and, and, and he was just something that the Lord had spoken there in their congregation. And he says, you know, too often we get into what we call formalism. And we get into it, and he says, and formalism, none of us would admit to formalism. But sometimes formalism can be better classified as normalism. Oh, this, let's just stick with what's normal. <laughs> but I believe God pricks us. I believe he presses us, not just to stay in the same old way, but he's wanting us to move higher. So I, I say, if, if, if you're pricked this morning, or I'm pricked this morning, and our flesh is stepped on a little bit, it's also God wanting us to step higher. Because when everything's comfortable, we generally don't move on with God. But when things are stressful or straining, and we're reaching, and we're looking for a foundation, and we're wanting more of God, that's God moving us sometimes. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm probably preaching more of, of, of what I want to get to right at the beginning here. But, you know, I, yeah, there's, there's a way, but let's move forward. So, now, now Brother Branham would also say, and I'm talking about position and I'm talking about our looking, but he would also say in the message about Jesus and, and what he, he would follow through. He said, Jesus had faith with his power. How did he? And he would say, I can do nothing in myself. So he's talking about in his flesh, and, and we recognize the more as we go on, it's not us doing it, but it's God doing it in us. And now Brother Bannon would make this statement, Jesus, he says, I can do nothing in myself. Why? He relied upon what he was. He relied in knowing that he was the word and he had faith in God. 
who made him the word. He was God, the word, and they was in him. And that gave him faith because he understood his position. And he would say, therefore, he relied on what God made him. And then Brother Abraham said, if he did that, can't we rely on what God has made us as believers? These signs shall follow them that believe. I like that. Relying on what God has made us. Not what you know about yourself. Not what, your, what somebody else may know about you. But what God knows about you. Because God knew Abraham. He knew what was in him. But all the things that Abraham went through. His stumblings. His failures. It was God showing Abraham that there was something greater in him. And I will say God's showing us that we are not just cast into this Laodicean age, trying to navigate our way and stumble through the darkness. That's the outside body. That's the outside flesh. But he wants to make known to us what's already in us, what he's placed in us, and he wants that to come out. Oh, I love it. We're not looking at what our, our, what ourselves is as a minority, as an offscouring, as, 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 as just a few people caught up in, 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 in a worldwide thing that's pushing and pulling on us. No, but we're greater than that. i got to be careful I don't preach where I, I want to get to right off the bat. Now, Brother Bynum would also say in the beginning of the message about Abraham... He staggered not at the promise of God, but he was strong, giving praise to God, knowing he was able to perform what he promised. And he says, and that's the way everyone must be that way. You must come with an unfailing faith, believing that God made the promise. Now, you're going to have to be in a position to have that faith and that's what we're going to talk on, see, is to receive that faith. So it's directly related to position. Now, I'm, I'm going to just leave that there in, in perfect faith for now. But if I can, I also want to, well, maybe i, I got to read one more thing because Brother Branham would speak in, in one other place. I'll just read this and then I'll, I'll leave it. Uh, I'll read this and a little bit from Why Cry and then we'll move into the thought. I, I spoke last time a little bit on the third pull. Now, now Brother Branham would, would say, you know, remember that started in 1956. God, through a vision, spoke that terminology to Brother Branham, and he kept referring to it, and he kept moving with it. Now, he's in perfect faith in paragraph 184. I said, now, this is coming into that third pull. Now, this is what we've waited for. It's just starting to bloom now. See? Now, it's kind of taking this charge of faith, and he says, not a faith, but a perfect faith, a perfect God with a perfect heart, a perfect promise. And he says, we're now coming to perfection because the people has to come to this in order for the rapture. That's what's holding it back right now, waiting for the church 
to come into that perfect, raptured faith. And he says this, I'm looking for it. Now, sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we preach these things. We've got a perfect message. We're in the third pull. And we try to do something ourselves. Listen, we can't do this ourselves. Not by, you know, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, now Brother Branham would, would make, as he's right in this vein of thought, he, he goes right to this. He says, I'm looking for it. It means a lot of shaking down for me. It means a lot for you, but together we'll make it by the grace of God. Now, he also speaks in the message, Why Christ Speak, which was spoken perhaps just a month or so before Perfect Faith. Um, and, and Brother Branham, as he takes this message, he also makes this statement at the beginning. And he said, I, I had different thoughts, two or three different thoughts he highlights I could speak on. But this morning, I want to speak on something. And he says, because it drives me down. Now, he's putting himself into it. If you ever get the feeling that I'm coming here and speaking as a know-it-all and that I've got something, forgive me if that comes across. That's not my intent because I am as much in the equation of what's being ministered to as you are, we all are. And the prophet put himself in that. So I'm needing to elevate. I'm needing to work. We're all needing to understand better, really, There's only one great one among us, and that's him. And I want to see more of him. And I believe that as we move closer, that ought to be the focus. I I remember I would would watch certain Christian movies, the the Ten Commandments, and I always liked, you know, certain scenes where, you know, Moses would come and and, and he would, and, and Moses was the hero. You know, and, and, you know, whether it was at the well and he's, he takes his staff and he beats down those other ones or, or when he comes and, you know, he speaks or does things, Moses was the hero. But the more I watch even something like that, I'm not seeing Moses so much anymore as I'm seeing the God that was in all of these things. Because Moses was a man with failures and, and with things. And, and what we see now is not the story of Moses, but a God in Moses. And what we need to see is not ourselves, but the faith that God is working on us. What we need to see is not what we know about ourselves, but the God who is doing something in us. So that's the eyes of faith. That's not the eyes of man. And too often we look through the eyes of man at ourselves and at one another. And we need to say, oh God, you're doing something. You brought me from somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm so glad I'm not the man I used to be. I'm glad I'm not what I was a year ago or two years ago or ten years ago. But you're moving. You're doing something. And I believe he's doing something in the message. So don't look at the message through carnal eyes. Through carnal eyes, you know, the the, the spies that went into the land and they came back with the report of the grasshoppers and they... What did they say back to Moses? They said, and in, in, in the giant's eyes, we were but like grasshoppers. Now who, did they actually climb on the giant's back and look through the vantage point of their eyes? No, it was something as a result of an unconverted heart, of not seeing God in his promises, and they began to look at the situation around them. Yeah. 
and you can't look at the message from a superficial view. I'll, I'll say this. If you look at the message through carnal eyes, you're going to see lots of imperfections. You're going to see preachers that shouldn't be doing what they're doing. You're going to see church members doing what they're not doing. But I need you to remind you this morning, the message did not come as a result of the work of man. It was God that started all of this. Friends, and this is maybe my Wednesday service a little bit, but it was in 1909, and just coming into time now, into 1915, 18, and Brother Branham was born in 1909, and, and, and he was born, now he's like seven, year old, seven years old, 1915, 1918. On the worldwide front, what was happening right then? It was the beginning of the first woe. It was the beginning of the first world war. On a national scene, great powers, great things happening. The first woe as it's identified in the Bible. But at the very same time that all of these great nations and powers and things were rising up, God was speaking to a boy in a tree. A seven-year-old boy in a tree. That was God that was doing that. That was not man. And God was preparing us, knowing there would be a second woe, knowing there would be a third woe, an Armageddon. So what he started there, and then at 1933, spoke on a river, that was God moving. 1933, who was raising up? A man named Adolf Hitler, who had his own ideas about a super race. 1933, no coincidence, two boys in Ohio suddenly caught an inspiration about a fictional character named Superman. And at the same time, in 1933, down at the river, God comes to that same boy, and he says, this message will, will foreshadow the coming of the Lord. So however you look at it, don't forget, whatever you see out there, don't forget what God was doing down here. Don't look with carnal eyes. Don't think negative thoughts. Oh, I, I don't want to come this morning and make excuses for where we're at because of a pandemic. I don't, wanna, I don't want us to focus on that. But I want us to focus on the promises of God. I need to focus on them. You need to focus on them. God, you said so no matter what's happening out there. And because you said so, I trust in you. And every wall of Jericho will fall down. Okay, how did I get on all of that? Where was I before I interrupted myself? Okay, here it is. Brother Branham speaking. And he says, now, he's, he's looking at the subject for why cry, question mark, speak. Okay? And he says, I think I'll just speak on this because it drives me down. Now he's speaking to himself. I hope it drives us all down that we might see and cause us to look up. So this morning, I don't want to coddle people in the church. I don't want to coddle myself. I want to say, Lord, you've promised something. Don't let me look with my natural feelings or thoughts, 
But allow me, Lord, to be anointed by faith to see less of myself and more of you. Now he says, I hope it drives us all down. This is his intent. That we might see and it cause us to look up and compare the day that was then unto the day that is now. Now, so I say this is prophecy. And I say there's a people who are going to walk in this prophecy. I believe that the first step of prophecy is speaking, and then there's a manifestation to follow that up. So Brother Branham is talking here, and he's saying, saying this. Now, I'll also read here, because you might think I'm picking on someone. I'm not picking on someone. I'm speaking to all of us, self-included. Okay, I'm in the boat this morning too. And Brother Bannum, as honest and as transparent as that prophet was, I'll tell you what, you watch. Uh, <laughs> help me, Lord, just slow down. Let me read this. He's honest. All the evidence that God has given us of what he's done, it ought to anoint a faith in us. What ought it to do to us, he says? We need a repentance. We need a revival. And he says we, but then he says, I'm saying myself. I need a shakening. I need something. I was speaking to myself this morning. This is near the middle of the service. Or about myself. I need a waking up. Now, he's talking about himself. And I say, if he can talk about himself, I can talk about myself and all of us. Are we in the same boat this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. Open our eyes, Lord. Let us see the things we need to see. Now, if I, if I just can say this, this is also out of why Christ speak as I move into a couple scriptures here. Brother Bannon would say, now notice, faith sees what God wants you to see. Faith sees what God sees. Reasoning and senses see what the world wants you to see. Now, Brother Moses did something to us here the other day, and, and he, he came at the beginning of the service, and, he, and, it, and it almost seemed like he was making an announcement about, you know, if you've got COVID, if you've got these symptoms. And what he was just reading, he called it a postscript. He said, I'm just reading this. This might be something like the deacons read. But he spoke a message on symptoms, and so he was just highlighting to us what you hear and what you see everywhere you go. They tell you, I, 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 was, I was very sick at the beginning of the year. I, I, I you know, I, I thought, well, you know, I've lost a little bit of weight. I could probably stand to lose another 15 pounds. I lost it in three days. I, I've gained it back since. But I lost it in three days because I couldn't keep anything down. And, and I'm in the middle of all of this, and I, you know, I... I didn't have respiratory problems. I didn't have all of the other things associated with COVID. But I needed to get to a doctor because I collapsed. I fell down. I wiped out. I, I, my strength was just gone from me. And I go to the doctor and then he, he says, well, do you have any symptoms of such and such? Symptoms, symptoms, symptoms. And, and I, I said, well, I, I've, I've got some diarrhea. And he goes, oh, you need a COVID test before you come to me. Really? <laughs> okay, I had it. Fine, I had it. But... Uh, somewhere before I had it, I said, Lord, 
I am refusing to accept this lie of the devil. And I says, Lord, and may my, my faith, may the test prove my faith. Not may the test prove that I'm in the faith, but may my faith prove it by the test that comes back. And from that moment on, and I remember there was a couple of services, and God ministered, and I never have had fear of that since. Now, I'm not going to be stupid either. I'm going to be careful. But I think as the world is being conditioned to receive symptoms, we also need to be conditioned to receive faith. So Brother Moses, as he shared those symptoms, you know, do you have a runny nose? You know, the minute you have a runny nose, stay home. Well, that's a symptom of a cold. Okay, don't be stupid. If you've got something more and you think, but I say this, friends, let's be honest about where we're at. The world's being conditioned. But what are they looking at? They're looking through the eyes of fear. They're looking through those things. But we're looking with a perfect love and a God who has left us. We're looking with a perfect faith. I refuse to bow down to the fear of that thing. Now, Brother Ram said, reasoning and senses. So if that brings a little clarity, Brother Moses and I talked about that after, and, and so he was just sharing what it was, and then he spoke a wonderful message on symptoms. Did you enjoy that? I sure did. That was, that was wonderful. God bless you, Brother Moses. God bless you. Now, Brother Bannon would say, reasoning and senses see what the world wants you to see. Notice reasoning. It's only a human sense, and you say, isn't this just as good? He says, it is. But when you use those senses and it's contrary to the world, then you're seeing what the world wants you to see. Faith doesn't look at that. Faith looks at what God said. See, you cast down reasons. Now, every one of us, and I'm going to put myself, every one of us has an element of humanity that we need to overcome. Elijah in the, in the Bible, had to overcome anger, you know, because the nature of Elijah was anger. And he had to overcome that. And because it was, his, it was an angry prophet that spoke one day and, and cursed the children, and, and 42 of them died by a couple of bears. Now, that wasn't God doing it. Brother Bannon said that was an angry prophet. And Brother Bannon would say, that Elijah was one Elijah, but the Elijah that is this day is at a higher level, and he actually goes as far as to say, the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ. So put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So even as a minister would stand in the pulpit, i got to be very careful that I don't use my own emotion or my own nature, and I portray that as God. But that's where there's a, a humbling, a getting out of the way before the service. If my nature would be to be dynamic and forceful, if God wants that, fine. But if he doesn't want that and he wants to be, to be more humble, then I need to act the way God wants me to act and not just act out of my own being. And now God will make a man in his nature, everyone, for a purpose. But it needs to be subject to God. Every one of us, we have a nature, and yet we're in this world. And like Abraham, you know, Abraham's weakness was, well, he lied. You know, God told him. In his heart, he believed it. But as he came to that threshold, 
Brother Adam would say, the body got scared. And so he got nervous, maybe, <laughs> she's my sister. Partly true, partly lie, and part a lie is all a lie. There's no half-truths. You know, the world would like to tell you that, but it's not. So the body gets scared. Listen, there's times that God is desiring to move us. He brings us to the threshold, but something in us, in our nature, doesn't allow us to go further. Now that's for me, that's for you, that's for all of us. But that's where, you know, I, I, I appreciated the way, and I don't just view this, okay, that was Brother Max that said that, Brother Moses. I like to look at it on a greater level than that. I say, Lord, you used our brother and you spoke something to me. Now, there was an element of Brother Max in the service, but that's not what I'm leaning on. I'm leaning on what you spoke to me. And, and Brother Max spoke on unpacking and letting go. And, you know, we talked after and we sing the song, let go and let God have his way. You know, and we make that a nice song and we just, it's nice. It's, I think we need to change and somebody needs to pen a song and said, let loose and let God have his way. Take the things that entangle us or bind us or hinder us and let's cast ourselves upon him. I, I don't believe when Abraham left it was just, okay, well, you know, I'm, I, you know, keep, I, you know, the real estate sign came out of, out in, when he was in, literally in Babylon, out of the Ur of Chaldees. You know, the real estate, real estate sign went up outside Abraham's tent and said, you know, for sale, Abraham's leaving. You know, he, he didn't put up a for lease sign, because I'll be back. No, he put up a for sale sign, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I don't know. Where are you going, Abraham? I have no idea. But God spoke to me. Therefore, I've got to follow it. And sometimes we come to a point, and then we camp down. Just like the Galatians did. Yeah, God took us out, but now we want to control it. No. We can't control what God is doing in us. God is doing something that's beyond our natural thinking. I, I need to share this just for a moment. God does things, and this is in the message Christ revealed in his own word. He talks about the Bible is not a book of man. 40 different authors, 66 different books, 60, 1,600 years apart, and yet they don't contradict each other. So, and these, some of these men never saw each other but their prophecies dovetail together. So it's not a book of man. And when man start to break things down, listen, you start to enter a realm of reasoning about the things of Brother Branham, well, you know, I, I, you know it's true. You know, there's no evidence about the bridge, or there's true, the cloud was this, or the, uh, what are you gonna do? Are, are you gonna look at, through the whole Bible? You know, uh, Joshua caused the sun to stand still. Well, a few years ago, it came out at NASA. They, they, they found what was called a scar in the universe. And, and somebody, and, and they, they actually reasoned that something happened in the universe somewhere because Joshua said, sun stand still. And he also said, moon stay there. And there's something they can't explain. And then afterwards, that was out for a few years, and then somebody said, oh, no, 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 that's just a fable. Are, are you going to rely on what... Nassau says, or you're going to rely on something that's in the records. Listen, the Bible proves itself. No, Moses crossed the sea 
on dry ground. Oh no, they say, he crossed through the brushes and he crossed through, you know, a high point. Oh, what a miracle. Pharaoh's army drowned in the brushes. <laughs> the Bible proves itself. You start intellectualizing, reasoning, you're going to not start at the message, but you're going to go into the Bible. It's apostasy. It's by faith in the unfailing God that we go through. Amen. Not on what I see with my natural eyes. My, oh my. He, he would go. Now, the prophets didn't always understand what they were writing or what they were doing, or they wouldn't have said it. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost moves you, you move. In all ages, the people were spiritual, consulted the prophets about the times and what was to happen. They had to be in constant fellowship with the author. I would say, I like, if you believe and you believe in the church you attend, I, I think you ought to pray for God in every service. Not just God in a favorite preacher. Not just God, in, but you need to pray, Lord, I want to see more of you. I don't want to see Brother Ed or Brother Moses. Yeah, they might be the one that's there, but Lord, you speak. I'm coming to hear from you, not to have my ears tickled, but I want to hear what you say. So you've got to be in fellowship constantly. And I like to do it, as, as it says in the Bible, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, the prophet, Brother Brandon would say this, I, I, at some point I, I do want to take something on the prophets, but let me drop this in. The prophet had his mind set constantly on what God said, not what man thought, not what the age thought, not what the church thought, but, or what the kingdom thought, but what God thought. And he expressed God's thoughts to the word, because a word is a thought, it's expressed. And when God revealed the thoughts to him, he expressed it in the word, thus saith the Lord. Now he would also go and say, God selected the man for the age, selected the message, sets the nature of the man. And it was in such a way that it would blind some and open others' eyes. He dressed the man in the type of clothes, his ambition, his nature, all of those things. Now, there's a humanity around Brother Branham, but we don't follow Brother Branham with eagle belt buckles. We don't, because we put a rifle in our gun and go hunting, that doesn't make us more spiritual because the prophet did that. Okay? And, and neither do we look down on somebody because the prophet didn't like golfing. That we, we look down on somebody, everybody's different. That's God's great economy. But we need to be mature enough to recognize God works in everyone, through all, in all. It's God above all. So, but, but I watch what happened in Brother Branham, and now we recognize he came at the end of an age. He came at the end of the man age, which really had started in the time of Luther, had moved over into the time of Wesley, and then right into Pentecost, so it was a man age. So there was a certain way of doing something. God would anoint a man, the people would recognize that was God in the man, and they would follow that man. And that was God's program, and it still is God's program, if I can say that. So it was God working in the man, doing all of those things. And, and I watched then what God did in Brother Branham. And it started out in first pull, and it was a sign in the hand, something very visible that you could see. 
But he had to have faith in that sign. It wasn't just as simple as, okay, there's the sign. He had to have faith that that was God that gave him that. And God gave him that sign, just like he did Moses. And then he had another sign, which was to be able to discern the hearts of the men. And he says, it'll come to pass, you'll do it. And he also had to have faith in that. And the people could see it was true. So that's what we characterize as first pull and as second pull. And really, those came out under a man anointing. And there's many people within the framework of the message that have not turned that corner yet. Because if Brother Branham was here, well, I'd say it this way, I'd probably be interested in what he was hearing. But if he was still here, where would you find an auditorium? Where would everybody, the, the flights to Jeffersonville would be booked up. The real estate market in Jeffersonville would drive up through the roof. But that wasn't God's program. So the man anointing that was there only was to make way for another anointing to come. Now there was great agonizing and stresses and pains through this because under that man anointing, Brother Branham would have to go through certain things. He would start, you know, in the very beginning when he had to make a decision about his family, what his mother-in-law said, and he deferred to that, but he had a great lesson and a great pain that became a scar in his life. But he had to learn it. Now, I don't want you to think about just Brother Branham. I want you to think about yourself. Because we've all been disappointed. We've had our favorite preachers. We've had, uh, we've had our, our brethren and, and, and people we were close to. And maybe we were disappointed. But maybe part of the fault was on us for looking too much at somebody. And God has to get our eyes off of that. So that's part of the characteristic of a man anointing. Now, Brother Branham would have to not learn to listen to his family. He'd also have to learn to not listen just to the ministry around him because he was on a higher level than just a prophetic anointing as part of the gifts. This was the messenger of the covenant. This was going to be the revealing of the Son of Man. So he also couldn't just rely on a bunch of ministers and he went to South Africa and he should have gone to India first and, and he felt checked of the Lord and the brothers finally persuaded him and he went to God and God says, go ahead, but you'll pay a great price. Now, in all of this, he was learning something. And it began to be even further. Now watch the humanity of the man take second place to the program of God. In other words, the faith of God that was moving him. Now, he would then come to a position where he said, there's a trap laid before you, and a couple would be making out in the church. And now, with the Irish temperament, with the native element in there, his natural inclination would have been, as a young boy, to shoot somebody or to punch somebody. But now God was taking him to a level where it wasn't William Branham the man. Elijah was a man as like passions of us, but he prayed earnestly. Now put yourself in the same equation and look at what God is doing for you because we're moving into a higher level all the time. So Brother Branham learned a great lesson. He said, I forgive you, and he moved up a little higher, and he went a little bit further, right down to 1962, and, and the visions that he had, the thus saith the Lord, was always perfect. And he goes on a hunting trip and God gives him a vision of a brown bear and he's together with a bunch of brothers and the brothers are there and they're all sitting around the campfire one night, the young brothers and there's Brother Branham and Brother Bud, the two oldest men and they're making fun of Brother Bud. 
And the next morning, Brother Branham feels sorry for Brother Bud. You know how it is. A bunch of guys around, you know, the, 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 the campfire. Like, you get that. And, and, and just, just, it's guy banter, you know. Guys take joy in tearing one another down. That's just the way guys are built. You couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with that gun. <laughs> Maybe it was that kind of talk. I don't know what it was. But Brother Branham, in his humanity, he felt sorry for Brother Bud. So the next day he goes, and instead of going with the young men like the vision said, he goes with Brother Bud. He felt sorry for him. Now, if you want to follow this through, it's in the message countdown. It's in, it's in another message in 1962. But he goes on this hunting trip. Brother Bram tells us, Brother Biskel tells the story. And he says they had, he went that way, and they tell the story of how they saw this brown bear. But Brother Branham wasn't where he should have been. And he says, you have to be where you're supposed to be in order to make the vision fulfill. Now, that's not just a lesson for him. That's a lesson for us. We need to be in our correct place in order for God to properly lead us forward by faith. Now, I'm just going to just make just drop this in really quickly. But Brother Branham, as he was, was doing all of this, you, you hear him crying out in prayer. And he said, oh God, forgive me. I felt sorry for that man. And he said, I didn't want to see him hurt, but I didn't realize I was hurting you. Now, it wasn't a bad motive, but God needed to get a man who was so yielded that when he would preach the seals in 1963, there was no thought of William Branham anymore. That's the purity God desired. Now, the purity he desires in a people in this last day is an Eve that would not fall. She would, what the first Eve fell, she took her own idea or somebody else's idea rather than that which her prophet husband told her. And when she did that, reasoning slipped in. Now, this Eve, I believe we're being trained to hear just the voice of God. Now, we need to have faith in our position. Let, let me, let, this is really a lot of preamble to start, but... But I, I just pray that you can see it. Now, we don't want to see just a man. But if you watch Brother Branham under third pull, you watch first, second pull. Under third pull, I, I, I find a level of humility in 1963, 64, 65. It wasn't Brother Branham in control anymore. It was God in control. He wanted to speak the trumpets. And he said, I'll just go down there. I'll do this. And then God spoke to him and said, you've already preached them. Oh. He didn't say, God, you told me I could do it. No, no, no. He didn't. There was none of that. It was now, what were we seeing? Not William Branham under a man anointing, but an eagle anointing. A different way of looking at it. Now, Brother Brandon would make a statement about the third pull. The revealing of the word, no higher order. 
And that still holds true. No higher order than in a service like this for you not just to take Brother Ed's natural words, but for the Spirit of God to come and anoint something that I'm unconscious of and that you're sitting there and you're unconscious of in your natural, uh, you know, but you know it was God that spoke. That's what we're longing for. That's what we're looking for. So we don't need to just see what kind of tie, what kind of shirt, what kind of stories, what kind of way, because there's a certain amount of my personality that will always come. There's a certain way that'll do. But let's look higher than that. When the brothers come to minister, let's look higher than that. Okay. I, there was a lot I, I was trying to lay out, but I, I don't know if I really got to it the way I should have. Hebrews chapter 11 now. Hebrews 11. We will just, this is really the faith chapter. I want to take verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place that he should after receive for inheritance, he obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now, can we put ourselves in that position? Where are you going? I have no idea. Where are you going with that thought this morning, Brother Ed? I have no idea. Yeah, all I know is he's leading me. He leadeth me. Yeah, he's leading me. And he's leading you. And he's leading all of us. And sometimes we, we say, oh, uh, let me, maybe, I need to figure this out before I move. No, we just need to follow him. Now, that doesn't mean you're just blind and you're ignorant, but you're, you, you recognize the pull. Now he says, by faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him. For he looked, look at, he was looking at something. He looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Why did he look for that city? Because along the way in the journey, he encountered two kings. And I think chapter 13 and chapter 14 of Genesis he encountered the king of Sodom. And, and he encountered the king, and, and he met this king, and he acted a certain way based on what he saw of that king. And that king offered him goods and all kinds of things, and he said, I'm not even taking a thread or a shoe latchet from you. And then he encountered another king who came to him called Melchizedek. And of that man, he gave tithes. Now, he had to see one king, but he had to also see the other king. So there's something we need to see. If you're just giving your tithes unto a church or unto a man or in a position where you control it, you're not really giving it to the king. And, and sometimes we want to control what we do with it, but we give unto God. And I'll say this. You actually give a part of your substance. Now that's really hard for somebody who maybe has a bit of Irish in them or a bit of a miser quality in him. Well, hold on a second. I want to know where it's going. I want to do all this. No, we just give it to God. And when you give it that way, there's a blessing that follows it that you can't stop. Give unto God and I'll pour out a blessing you can't contain. Hallelujah. Now that takes an element of faith. That wasn't in my notes. It just came up. Now, so you, you, we've got to act in a certain way by faith. But it depends on what you're looking at. And I'm, I'm saying all of this, friends, this is speaking to me. It's speaking to you. But let's not reduce the message to a carnal viewpoint. 
Let's look a little higher. Are, are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know what the problem was in Jesus' day? He could not speak in his own community because I've known this guy since he was a boy. I watched him play. And now he's the Messiah? Huh, forget it. And Jesus could not do many mighty works there. You know what the problem is sometimes here? Is we look at one another naturally. And sometimes God anoints somebody and does something. And all we remember is, oh, that's just so and so. But you know what? We're growing. All of us are growing. Not just in, in, in a natural sense, but into our heavenly position. Friends, everybody, we have to have faith in our position. Or we can't act properly. Listen, Joshua, he had to have faith in his position. And Joshua was not just one man. But the order of Joshua, which really Brother Bannon would explain it, was the order of the Holy Spirit placing us into our inheritance. I I really want to get to that. I won't be doing it today. And, And I want to speak on that a little bit. But under Joshua, everything came to order. Now, Brother Branham fulfilled a part of what Moses was. He had two signs, but then he moved a step further, and he also fulfilled a part of Joshua. Now, I would like to say, not just William Branham the man, because it was now moving under an eagle anointing. So it was the Holy Spirit in that man taking us a higher level and it didn't stop with William Branham. It kept moving. It's God that's still putting in order. When Joshua said, we're going to march around Jericho, everyone listened. And he says, we're going to march around for seven days. Six days, you're going to march around, you're not going to say a word. And it was in perfect order. Pardon me for this, but they walked around. They walked around. They walked one day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day. And you know what? And Brother Ram characterizes what they were watching from the vantage point of Jericho. (laughs) Are they going to go on another exercise program? Are they going to go on another walk this morning? They began to mock it. But they failed to see that it was God's order. And God is placing us in an order. Friends, go to the message God called man. And Brother Brandon would make a statement that has stuck with me so much. He said, God is training us for the hour to come. Even though it looks like everything is falling in front of them, they keep marching on for the great hour that is ahead. So the seventh day was a little different. And I I believe this is where everything, if there wouldn't have been obedience for six days, then and they would have never come to a seventh day. And every part had to be in direct order. So it was now March seven times. Don't say a word the whole time. Now, under the seventh, and the people's faith was being taught, don't say a word presumptuously. Don't murmur. Don't do all the things that you saw under Moses. But this is a higher order. And finally, when you hear the priest blow the trumpet seven times, then there's something you've got to do. You've got to speak. And not just speak. Shout. And when you shout, 
the walls will fall. Now just look at this characterization. They were all standing in front of a part of the wall. You weren't standing in front of that brother's part, but you were standing in front of your part. And when you shouted, the part of the wall in front of you fell down. And then you went and you slow everything in front of you in your part of the wall. It was as much a part of the program of God. I believe God's training us. And we need to move with this. Do you believe that this morning? In Why Christ Speak, Brother Branham would speak about himself. And he talked about Moses and the frustrations that Moses had not only with himself, but with the people. And Brother Branham makes this statement. It might be a hard fight to get them to all come along. It might be difficult, but Moses did it anyway. Amen. I'm so God that, glad that God has patience with us. Every one of us. My, okay, let me, let me get into really what I need to get into. So, Hebrews 11, verse 8, we took to verse 10. He looked for a city, verse 13. These all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them. So what did they do? They saw them. They were persuaded of them. There's no way you're going to be able to receive something unless you can actually see it. You're, you're not just going to come out of the world because you think it's wicked. You're going to come out because there's a coming out and then there's a going in. You're going to need to see something in front of you. You can't just say, well, I've left behind and I don't know where I'm wandering aimlessly. No, there's actually a pull. There's a magnet that's pulling me, that's drawing me. And he says, so not having received the promises, they seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them, they embraced them, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. One thing I know, I don't belong to this world. Now, he would also say, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek another country. And truly, verse 15, if they had been mindful of that country that they came out of, they might have had opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country. So it actually, there's something that happened even to Brother Branham as he went along. It wasn't just that he was dying out, but there was something in him that was forming. And he was desiring to pull us into it. Oh, friends, if you could see the land beyond the river, he would say. Oh, if I could persuade you this morning. What was it? It was the result of something that he had seen and participated from. Friends, if we could see, you know, could you imagine? And I need to say it this way. Sometimes we're seeking the blessings of God rather than the, the one who gave the blessings. You know, 12 spies... If you're just relying on the blessings of God, you're, you're not going to make it because there'll be a time when God will withhold every blessing and all you'll rely on is, though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. I love him with everything in me. Could you imagine this? All the spies came back from the land. I, I wish I could take this morning uh, and, and, and take a big pole and have two brothers up here. 
Two of them, they had a pole between their shoulders and they had to carry the grapes between them. Now, you know what? When that alone was not enough for them to want to get in the land. They, they, you know, and I would say that was not even enough for Joshua to get in the land because he wasn't just looking to taste those grapes. That was a blessing of the land. But Joshua knew that whatever he was doing was going to be because he was there to honor God, to honor the word that he'd placed in his heart. And, and he says, that God may receive the glory. I'm not on here for business for myself to satisfy my carnal desires, but I'm on business for the king. So, so there, was, there was something that, 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 that really had to come out of them. Now, I, I, okay. Now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God's not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared for them a city. Okay, Let, let's go drop down to verse 23. I'm, I'm probably not going to use more scriptures than this today. This will be where I, I go, and I really need to focus on this part of it for today, and we'll just leave it there. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Brother Harold would often, not often, but I heard it a few times. I heard it at a youth camp in, in Louisiana. I heard it different places when I traveled with him. I heard it here. But he would speak a message called choosing by faith. And this is one of the scriptures he would use. So choosing by faith but before you can choose, you have to see something. So he said, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, and it all boils down to this last part. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, let me take this out of the message, Why Christ Speak? Because Brother Branham would refer to this, and, and he would say, and he, and he would talk about it, and, and, and he, would, he would begin to say these words. Now, he, he would actually say, Moses intellectually had the right teaching. His mother had taught him that he was a proper child. Told him of his birth. Told him, Moses, you were born for a purpose. It was a direct result of prayer. Your father and I labored. We, we did it. And, and you have certain qualities that God has put in you. So, and Brother Bannon would talk about this. He labors a little bit in this first part of the message. If, if you can, immerse yourself in the message, why cry, speak. Because there's a human element, but he's taking us higher. Moses was born with this great gift of faith. Great qualities this man had. He was born for a certain thing. Now, let's not just stop at Moses. Let's not just look at Brother Branham. But let's just look at yourself. You were born in the home you're in with certain qualities. God had placed in so, you, something you that nobody else has. 
Now, let's not put this out there. Let's put this in ourselves. Lord, why did you do this? Why did you give me these things? You need to think. God has a purpose of you being here. If you can only get to that place, how much trouble you save God and yourself. (laughs) Oh, well, I think that's the problem. No, Lord, what do you have for me? You've got a purpose. Notice, all this seed laying there with an intellectual conception, a faith that was born to deliver people, but yet it had never come to life. And friends, it can lay dormant for years and years and years. And he said, and it lay dormant in Moses for years, and even though he tried to do it himself in his intellect, and he tried to lead the people out, and he killed one Egyptian. And it wasn't recognized. In fact, he had to run for fear because he was doing it in himself. Now, that's the same for every one of us. I don't want to do it myself. I want God. But I don't want to be pushed into it either. Now, so Brother Brandon would start, and I'm taking my time this morning, and I won't keep you long, but I just need to lay these things in. And I'm going to do it because I'm going to lay in more in another service. And he says, until Moses saw that burning bush, all it was was something he had read about, Something he's seen with his eyes, but not the eyes of faith. Something now spoke to him, and he spoke back to it, oh, that brought it to life. I think you can have an intellectual conception of what the word is. And many times we walk in that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But oh, for the moment that God makes it real. And all of a sudden, it's like a light bulb comes in. It's not that you're sinning, but you never moved into the heart of it. And he says, I think any boy or girl with an intellectual conception of what the word is can never have a full foundation until they meet the light that brings the word to reality. Not just boy or girl, man or woman. And he says, any church. Now, message church alike. Can I say this, friends? We have so much word, and sometimes we just take it superficially. But I look at Daniel. It was sacred to him that he was in year 68 before things should be fulfilled. I look at where we're at in the world, to, to, and I tell you what, when we see things lining up and fulfilling, Amen. brother... Brother Stephen Abali just sent me a video the other day of a well-known Pentecostal man. Has a great worldwide following, but he's based out of Africa. And he comes up and he speaks and he says about the things that are coming to pass. He, he has a little clip out of, about Joe Biden and how you know, he's not, not really operating in his full realm. He's giving a lot of power to Kamala Harris. She's the one who's going to meet with dignitaries. And he's not even able to formulate his words and da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, Trump called him Sleepy Joe. You know, but, you know, and listen, that's not a spiritual statement here, okay? But this man plays this clip, and then he says, who is this Kamala Harris? 
He says, now I need to tell you something else. This is a Pentecostal man. I want you to listen to this. This is a man called William Branham. And in the 1960s, he prophesied this about a woman dressed in purple. And he says it could be a woman, a vice president or a president, could be the Catholic. And this man plays it. This is a man who's got a lot of prestige. But he's seeing something happen. Now, if it's starting to happen there, what ought it to do here? I, 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 I just say, let's not be superficial believers. Lord, wake me up. Like Brother Branham cried of himself, wake me up. I need a revival. We need a revival. Let's not just have normalism. Let's not have it. Let's have God making his word real. I need to say this while I'm here. And when Moses saw this, he was raised for this purpose. It anointed him. It identified him. And now he brings us into the picture. It anoints us when we see where we're living in the last days. To find all these signs that have taken place, all the way from heaven to political powers, to the nature of the people, the demoralization of the world, what they would do in the last days, what men would do, what churches would do, what nations would do, and then he says, and how God would do. And we see it all laying right here. And Brother Branham says this, it anoints our faith. It moves us out into great cycles. I don't want to live in the old cycle of intellectual faith. I want to be moved in a greater level to believe that all things are possible. That if I could speak to my mountain, it would move. And I'll say this, God allows these mountains to build to see what we'll do with it. Are you going to allow? I don't believe we're living to an age where our faith should be reactionary. I believe it should initiate things. Not on the basis of what the world is doing, but on the basis of what God's Word says to do. We talk about how wicked the world is getting. We talk about a Ramses that is growing in power. We talk about all of these things, but we fail to see what God is doing right inside of us. There's something that ought to be happening. Oh, it's moving. It's inside of me. I'm quickened. I'm changed. I'm translated. And Brother Branham would say and speak on this, and it said it separates us from the world, no matter how little, how much of a minority. There is something within us. We are predestinated to see this hour. There is nothing that's going to stop us from seeing it. Amen. Here, God has spoken. If I could just read the quote, I just was listening to it. I didn't put it down here. Brother Brown says, A man could live so close to God till the devil doesn't know what to do with him. Could you imagine that? The demons come back to the devil. They're coming back with white flags. What's the matter? I, 
I did everything to him last week. I did everything to her. And you know what she did? She got up on a Sunday morning and went to church and started praising God. I don't understand it. I am tired of this commission that you've given me for this person. And the devil says, do this, do this. And you know what? This Eve will not fall. She will not listen to what she sees or hears with her natural senses. My, 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 my. Brother Adam would say this. And I will pick this up in another message. But he would say this. Faith looks at God's worst. It esteems it greater and more valuable than the best that the world can show. You can have all the glamour and archbishopry. Faith, he says you can look at it. Faith will esteem that a million miles. He looks at the worst. And faith will esteem it a million miles higher than the best that the world can produce. Now, now just to go back to this as I'm, as I'm taking my thoughts just to bring them. For you see, faith sees what God wants done. Faith doesn't look at the present time. How often have you or I just sat here and waited for the restrictions to lift. Well, and, and you know, we'll, we'll text about it, we'll Facebook about it, we'll, we'll you know, when, when it, how much have we actually prayed? Because I believe there's a force and a people on the earth today that don't need to wait for AHS, that don't need to wait for those things. Yeah, we'll honor it, we'll walk with it. But I believe we also need to set our face. And I say, Lord, we have a desire to worship you. We have a desire to serve you. We are not just bound by a Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph. We are here to serve the living God. We are not just reactors. We are initiators. Now, there's a whole portion of this message I'm going to save. Because Brother Branham would talk about Moses, and Moses really, he is the junction now at the time of the crossing of the Red Sea, and next week I'll lay this in with Moses and Joshua together. But Moses is crossing the Red Sea, I, I said I wouldn't t turn to more scripture, so I won't. But he's crossing the Red Sea, you can read this in Exodus chapter 13 and 14. There's, there's a pillar of fire that's following them. Moses, by faith in his commission... If you want to read another message, read, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Brother Ram talks about the first pole, the second pole, and how he had to have faith in a vision. You know, God would show him a vision. He learned a lesson that you can't get ahead of the vision. You can't, if the brown hat isn't where the brown hat should be, you can't speak yet. So he, he would wait for thus saith the Lord. Then he would, he, would, he would talk about the second pull. And that was really Moses. But he was coming into a third pull. And God was beginning to do things that Moses didn't know about. So now they're backed up at the Red Sea. And the Egyptians are behind them. There's pressure behind them. And Moses and all the people are saying, you know, it would have been better to die in Egypt. And Moses is hearing all this. And out of him, in that moment, in that instant, he didn't even realize it. Fear not! This day, the Egyptians you've served, you will see them no more. Now he said that. Maybe he didn't even realize what was coming out of his mouth. It was truth. 
It was faith. But then the next moment he turns around and he begins crying to God. Oh God, look at these people. Look what they're doing. And he says, and Brother Adam said, if that isn't me, if that isn't you. Now I'm saying this sincerely, friends. We all need to overcome our human element as it relates to serving God. That doesn't mean don't, you know, don't be a human being. Be a human being. But you also need to recognize, make it subject to God. Amen. And Brother Man said, you know, Moses begins crying, and he says, I can imagine God up there. He wasn't feeling sorry for Moses. He felt like slapping him around a bit. Oh, it's so terrible. At the end of the message, why Christ speak, Brother said, never have a negative confession. Help us to have a positive confession. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do. But, Lord, we're marching on because every place that the soles of my feet touch, that you have given me. Now, God has spent a long time training us. I believe we need to step out a little bit more. We're watching political things come into place. We're seeing different things happen. We're seeing things even within our framework, but we also need to see something here. Have you ever been frustrated with yourself? Or I could ask you, first I should ask you this question. Have you ever been frustrated with somebody else? <laughs> yeah, before you answer that, answer this one. Have you ever been frustrated with yourself? Oh, Lord. Why am I, why do I keep falling back? Why do I keep, I'll, I'll share a quote with you next time. And, and he knows our humanity. Now, he's not here just to, to force you just to work yourself up, pump iron, do this spiritual faith. No, you need to start relying on what he's made you. Where he's positionally placing you. This eve will not fall. Lord, I know I love you. I know I don't want to be like the world. I see these things happening, and Lord, I want to set myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a proper bride, as Moses was a proper child. I want to move into that realm, Lord, that you desire us to move into. And I know I can't look at it with a carnal eyesight. I need to look at it properly. So it says, faith doesn't look at the present time. Faith, oh, I hope this goes deep. Faith looks at what God wants is accordingly. Faith has long-range vision. That's why you can look and not fear what the government is doing. Brother Bam said once Moses met the pillar of fire, he no longer feared Ramses. He no longer feared that. Now it had to work its way out. But I'm not fearing what the government can do to me. Because I have a heavenly father. And I have him and his program, his will be done. So it says, you, it, faith doesn't lower its sights. It holds to the target. Any good shooter knows that. It's long range. It's a telescope. You don't look, you don't use binoculars to see what time it is. Except if you're trying to look at that church and you're not wearing your glasses. He says, now, you don't use that. Faith does that. Faith picks up God's binoculars. Oh, my. 
both sides, old and new, and faith sees it, and regardless of what the present tense says, it looks to the end. It doesn't drop its sights. It keeps the crosshairs dead center in the word. That's what faith does. That's the faith in a man that does these things. Let's have the musicians come. Brother Branham would talk about Lot. Lot had an element of faith, but he gave it to the world, and it paralyzed him. The little faith that he had. Now, you and I, if we're not careful, if we cater to the flesh, if we cater to the world, the things we feed on, now, there, there's a really interesting part of the message. And I, 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 I'm really, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what Mark 11 is and what Brother Branham talks about speaking. And when Brother Branham went and he, to speak to the squirrels, this is what he says. Mark eleven twenty four. That's the scripture I was thinking on. And that's when he was thinking that that's when God came to him and said, what do you have need of? So he didn't say, you know, that's a good scripture. Here, speak squirrels into existence. No, he put it into Brother Branham's hands. What do you have need of? If I went across this room, every one of us would have different needs. That same God is here today. What do you have need of? What's your mountain? What do you need this morning? You speak it. You say it. It's not, it's not about making squirrels. That's, that, that's, that was a sign of what we ought to have individually. I, I believe we're moving to a greater hour. And I, I'm, I'm not saying this to, I trust you don't feel like you're beat down and I'm, I'm beating on your faith. I, I'm putting myself in the same as Brother Branham did. I believe we need to see Lord, what you want for us. You don't want us just to be like the rest of the world or the other churches. You want us to be sold out to you. And when we're sold out to you, then all things are possible. I believe that this morning. Let's stand together. Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Only
Brother Branham would speak this, this in the countdown message just after he is confessing his failure to step into the vision. He says these words, if you could say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you have said will come to pass, you can have what you said. Father, he prays, we know that is true. We watch it day by day, and there's no fault in your word. It's because we can't be at the spot. Sometimes our faith won't move us up there. We flusterate and we doubt. But this morning, Lord, we're trying to come, Lord, with a new hope, holding unto the lifeline of Christ and his hope and we're coming through the presence of God. If you've come short, stand up and try again. If you feel like I've tried to step out and nothing's happened, keep trying. Keep moving. Keep pressing. Don't just be content. Well, I guess it's not for me. No. Even Brother Branham came short. Even Moses came short. But it's the faith of God that's moving. And I can't help but believe. I can't help but believe. Set your wings as we wind our service down this morning. There are two roads that you may take. One by side and one by faith. yourself in this next chord verse what's your need what's your cry what's your mouth 
to the winds of faith. You can fly in a higher place. Do not struggle. It's my grace.